The Money Show. Business Unusual. There's big ocean cleanup, Graham Codrington, futurist and partner tomorrow today. Um, this great big island of plastic that is supposed to have been in, in, the, in the Pacific. I didn't really believe it until recently about how big and vast and potentially dangerous it is. Absolutely, Bruce. Uh, this is a massive global problem. What happens is that all of the ocean currents form this this big vortex in the middle of the Pacific. And plastic pollution in particular, things thrown overboard from cruise ships and uh, fishing vessels and things thrown into the ocean and pumped into the ocean, all kind of gather there. Uh, Doesn't really affect us in South Africa, but obviously for Asia and America and South America, it's a huge issue. Uh, I don't know, can you picture something this big? It is 1.6 million square kilometers of plastic that's floating in the ocean. And as you say, that's not a small island. That's a small continent of, of plastic. And it's called the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. It does exist and it's a huge problem. And it's not just the plastic. It's not just the fact that it's unsightly. It's the leaching of the chemicals and all of the stuff that goes into making the plastic, the breaking down of the plastic, the microplastics that end up then in the ocean. Well, that's, of course, the biggest problem. So, uh, yes, we we know the stories. We've seen the pictures of uh, plastic rings being stuck on fish and, and, and turtles and so on. But the bigger issue for us as, as humans and for all sea life is that the plastic breaks down into tiny little, we call them microplastics, so tiny little plastic pieces. And that, of course, fish eat and then we eat the fish. But it also, that then escapes from this vortex and gets into our seawater. And pretty much uh, the scientists think that all of us have got microplastics in us through the the, 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 the water system because it gets picked up and put into rain clouds and obviously in particular through fish that we might eat uh, anywhere on the planet. Uh, this is, as I said, <laughs> a, a massive health issue. And uh, until recently, uh, it uh, was only getting worse and not better. Now, let's focus in on the business unusual aspects of this, because uh, with every crisis, and this is a crisis, comes opportunity. Sue Skyring, for example, I don't know if you've heard of Sue Skyring. She is the fantastic entrepreneur who's behind Oryx Desert Salt, and she found a brine brine resource that was being exploited in the Kalahari. And her big sales pitch to, amongst others, and the, the whole foods business in the United States was, this is a salt resource that is untainted by the ocean's plastic because there are countless studies, particularly the oceans around Asia, where there are very high concentrations of invisible plastic particles in seawater which end up in salt cellars on your uh, on your dining room table. And Sue Skyring capitalized on that fact um, to you know beautifully market her salt and, and pepper cellars and all of that sort of stuff, but get it into the health food sector in the United States, which I thought was a little particular stroke of genius. Uh, but let's talk about what's this thing called the Boyon Slat. Um, that's a weird name well, for a, a big, big <laughs> pile of plastic. Well, no. The Boyon Slat is Boyon Slat, and that's his name. He oh, happens to be uh, Dutch. Uh, I thought um, this was a weird <laughs> name for this enormous Pacific garbage um, patch. No, I apologize, no, Boyon Slat. I apologize, um, Boyon. Boyon, 
Boyan first name, Slat uh, last name. But what a fantastic <laughs> name. I mean, if yeah, you absolutely. are going to be somebody, you might as well be Boyan Slat. And um, Boyan was born in 1994. At the age of 16, uh, he went uh, on a holiday with his family to Greece and he went scuba diving and he saw more plastic than fish. And unlike uh, you and I, Bruce, who, who just talk about it and sort of wave our hands in the air and say, what a big problem. Um, at 16 years old, he went back to school. And uh, I think like South African school kids, he had to do a sort of school, the, the final year of school, you have to do a big project. And he dedicated his big project to saying, is there a way to get the plastic out of the ocean? Not one piece at a time, although if you can take a few pieces of plastic out of the ocean, do it. You know, every every little bit helps. But he wondered if there was a way to do it at scale. And he came up with a great idea. He then went on to university and uh, was going to study aeronautical engineering. And in his first year, was invited to do a TED Talk at university. And he did a TED Talk on this idea that he had developed as a 17-year-old at school. And the TED Talk went viral. And... Um, Funding was offered and came in, and he started the Ocean Cleanup Project, uh, which basically took his idea, and his idea, I, I think I'm oversimplifying it, but it, it's essentially, I understand it to be the same concept that most of us would uh, see in our swimming pools every day, the skimmer. <laughs> um, that sort of skims over the surface, yeah. sort of sucks everything into this long tube. Um, so I, I know when my skimmer breaks, I, I, I use one of my my, my wife's uh, nylons, you know, and um, stockings, and it it works. And he took a year or two uh, to sort of experiment and prove the concept. And now, literally, um, at, at at the age of early twenty something, lives on one of the I think they now own three massive ships that 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 literally just go up and down every single day inside that big uh, plastic island and are extracting tons and tons of plastic on a daily basis. He's also developed uh, technology that can be applied to rivers. And um, if you go and have a look at the, the the Ocean Cleanup Project website, you'll you'll see some of the technology where they basically just string one of these skimmers a, a, across a river, uh, particularly polluting uh, rivers, and it, it it captures the plastic and then on a daily basis can just be cleaned out just like you clean your your pool skimmer every other day or so. Um, it's working. And uh, they reckon, look, it's, it's uh, 1.6 million square kilometers of mess to clean up, uh, but it's now being done at scale. And we're now not thinking that it's, it can never be solved. And we're not thinking it might take centuries to sort out. I, I, they think it could be um, cleaned and cleared by the end of this decade. Is there a commercial proposition in it? I mean, I was looking at statistics the other day as to how little of the plastic that is created in the world eventually does get recycled. That's below 5% or something outrageous. Um, and, and so, so much of the stuff that is bobbing about the ocean is probably recyclable. Is it worth anything? Yeah, 
I think that's what they do with it. So they they bring it on shore, they they send it off to the recyclers, and the recyclers do uh, what they do with it. I I I wouldn't want to be uh, called out by people who know a lot more about the recycling side of plastic uh, than I do. Uh, my understanding is that not all recyclables plastics can be recycled as maybe as much as the plastics industry would like us to believe. But I. I'm guessing that that which can be recycled is then recycled, and it's certainly uh, worth something to them. As far as I understand, uh, the commercials at the moment are largely driven by people who are supporting the initiative because it's the right thing to do to clean up a mess. Um, I'm, I'm, so I don't think it was built as a business proposition, but uh, they definitely do uh, take everything they pull out of the ocean back to recycling. And let's, let's hope they uh, do get some income so that they can uh, make sure that they can keep sustainably doing this uh, until the job is done. Because plastic's a problem. I mean, you know, it's wonderful, it's convenient, it's glorious. We all use it each and every single day. And occasionally there's a bit of a guilt trip around, oh, the single-use plastics. Oh, well, there's nothing we can do with them. So, boom, off they go. Um, and we need to sharpen up, I think, on this, don't we? I think we do. Uh, in in one of my presentations that talks about the, the future, I, I have this wonderful uh, little moment. Somebody alerted me to a little snippet from the movie The Graduate, uh, which uh, was, I think, Dustin Hoffman's sort of... Yes, long time uh, ago. Coming out role, yeah, yeah, long, long time ago, and uh, the the graduate is, of course, is a story of a of a middle aged housewife who uh, has an affair with this young student, Dustin Hoffman. And there's a moment in the movie where where the husband, who who doesn't know the affair is coming on, Dustin Hoffman's at the party, and he and he pulls him outside, and we think there's going to be a confrontation because he says, "Young man, I need to tell you something," and and we 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 get set up for this this confrontation moment, except what the older gentleman tells Dustin Hoffman is he says, I just have one word for you, my son. Plastic. <laughs> it's this odd moment in the movie. And sort of Dustin looks at him with sort of confused eyes and he says, plastic, my son. Plastic is the future. Remember that. And then that that's the end of the moment. But it, looking back on it now, it's remarkable. In that moment, it was exactly right. Plastic was this new thing, this wonder product that we could use every part of the world. Uh, I think now we realize <laughs> we made a, a pretty big mistake in introducing plastic and we have to get rid of it. To, to bring the story right up to date, the current mayor of uh, Paris, uh, Anne Hidalgo, who's a member of the Green Party, has banned plastic at the Olympics in Paris in 2024. And so none of the providers, uh, none of the sponsors uh, are going to be allowed to use plastic at all. And um, she actually used the same mindset that she used for COVID. She she articulated it in saying, well, in COVID, we had this massive global crisis. We were able to enact laws that, that, that cut the transmission of COVID. Why can't we use that same mindset in thinking about plastic use as a global emergency? And therefore, as the mayor of Paris, I am saying there will be no plastic in Paris during the Olympics. 
whether she can continue that after that, whether anybody else will pick up on that and, and have a, a, a massive cut like we did with plastic straws a few years ago, uh, I don't know. And as I say, people who are in the plastics industry are probably fainting all over the country at the moment, um, and but also probably have plans for what happens after plastic. I can't see that by 2050 we'll be using anywhere near as much plastic as we do now, or certainly not in the way that we use it now. Uh, we need to change. Thank you. Futurist and partner tomorrow today, Graham Codrington this evening with Business Unusual. The kid Boyan Slat who's changing the world and raising consciousness and making a huge impact on the massive Pacific island of plastic and helping to reduce it. And yeah, there's a lot more work still to be done on that front. In a moment, Wendy Nola standing by.